This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Football is our religion. The One Horse Stadium is our church. Nigel Clough, the God we choose to believe in. And by name, I am your priest. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It wasn't a beautiful afternoon yesterday, though, as the Stags lost 3-1 to Harrogate. Let's talk all about it right here on the Sunday Sermon. A fourth consecutive loss for Mansfield Town leaves a sour taste in the mouth as we enter September. Three soft goals, two red cards, and a manager who thought we played okay. No, not the brand new lyrics to the 12 Days of Christmas. An accurate reaction and roundup of yesterday's game. Are the Stags' standards starting to slip? How will they cope without their captain Ollie Clark and tenacious midfielder Stephen Quinn, both of which dismissed, rightly in my opinion, during yesterday's game? Did the Stags debutants get himself off to a false start? Or have the Stags signed yet another questionable player at the back? Just how much of a gap is James Perch's absence leaving? And most importantly, can Mansfield Town turn it around this week in training ahead of next weekend's trip to Warsaw? Something isn't quite right at the Wonkel Stadium, but what is it? Let's discuss all of that, see through the red mist of yesterday and try and find a way forward. A fourth consecutive defeat, a performance which just simply was not good enough. Let's put the world, or at least the stags, to rights, right here on the Sunday Sermon. Joining me as always, Clive Parkin, and today we've exchanged Nathan Edge for Alan Wilson and also the internet for in person. We're outside in my garden, turn up your volume, get involved in the comments and have your say on your team as the Stags disappoint once again on Saturday. Let's put it right, right here on Sunday. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. This is the Sunday Sermon. 
A very good afternoon and welcome to Outside at Mansfield Matters HQ, otherwise known as My Garden. Stephen Quinn yesterday became the quickest Mansfield Town captain to be stripped of the armband in the history of captains and of Mansfield Town FC when he was shown a red card literally seconds after Captain Ollie Clark had been shown a red card and handed the armband to Quinn. The Stags will be missing two midfielders for next weekend's trip to Warsaw, but there are plenty more things to talk about other than that. As always, feel free to leave a comment and get involved with today's show. Joining me, as you can see, uh, we have got Mr. Clive Parkin and Mr. Alan Wilson, who have uh, joined us out in the outside. We've got a bit of a second camera going off. It's not as clear because it's using the Wi-Fi, but uh, uh, there you go. You can wave to that camera just in front of you there, gentlemen, and uh, they'll be able to see you. There you go. And we've got the wide camera over there. Um, as well. So please do feel free to get involved. Um, Alan, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, uh, you're our Nathan substitute, or as we're calling it today, we've exchanged you for Nathan. For anybody that was inside the one Hall Stadium yesterday, uh, when one of the substitutions happened, instead of saying has been substituted for, you said exchange for, just talk us through what, what went off there, what, what was happening. I just had a slight mental buck, Craig. It's as simple as that. Oh dear, bless you. Well, hopefully that's all out of the uh, out of the way now, and there'll be no mental blocks here uh, this afternoon. Although, Clive, I wish I had a mental block uh, to block out yesterday's performance. Another disappointing one. It was, um, but let me say straight away, ahead of all the re- all the discussions we're going to have, it's not the end of the world. We've still plenty to look forward to. It's very early in the season. We still have some class players, things to sort out. When they're sorted out we'll be in business. Yeah, that's that's a, a key thing to remember, isn't it? You know, the fact that it is um, early doors, it is, you know, only another defeat, it is earlier in the season. But, Alan, we are starting to get into this losing habit a little bit now. Four consecutive defeats in all competitions. More than anything, it, it's just bad for morale within the group, isn't it? It is. It's A bad run is one that you don't want to get onto. Like a good run would be one that you want to get onto. It's just one of those things, I think, Craig. We've played four decent teams. And I think, to be fair, they did the homework on us yesterday because George Maris hardly got a kick. As soon as he got anywhere near the ball as our playmaker, there were two men on him straight away. So somebody from Arrogate has done their own work. Yeah, certainly have. And maybe there's a little bit of that involved uh, from Tuesday night as well, a little bit of that hangover. Um, Keep your comments coming in, get them coming in and uh, have your say on your team. Let's have a little look at some of uh, some of these comments. Um, I know he fell out with Coughlin, but I'd have Christian Pierce back tomorrow. He's knocking about the Vanarama League and only 32. What a waste. Uh, an interesting uh, comment that, Clive. You know, we, we wanted uh, a centre-half to come in. We wanted somebody to, um, to come in and, and be dominant. We'll talk more about Richard Narty uh, later on in the show and pinpoint his performance. But everybody seems to be going back to that name of Christian Pierce. It's just a shame. It's two seasons down the line and, you know, he had pretty much a whole season off, what with the whole uh, the whole COVID situation last year. That's an emotional reaction. I can't see Pierce coming back to this level now and I think it would be a retrograde step for us to try and bring him back. There are players out there. I, look, we'll talk about Narty later. I don't think it's all pessimism about that young chap anyway. So... Uh, but we have got a problem. We've got a problem partly of our own making by poor recruitment during the summer uh, and bad luck and ill-discipline. 
Yeah, we certainly have. Uh, it's certainly one to, to keep our eye on. Lots of comments coming in already. Keep them uh, keep them coming in. Uh, Mark says, uh, missing a Hayden White uh, figure. Uh, long comment in uh, from uh, Peter. Harrogate boosted uh, the game from the moment they equalised. Don't think we'd have beaten them with 11 men. Very disappointed with our overall performance. Clark unlucky. Uh, no, Quinn let himself down and his teammates. New lad played himself into the game after a shaky start. But he was only here two days hardly going to be a world uh, beater keep your comments uh, coming in love to hear your views uh, on yesterday's game and a little bit more uh, in between as well let's touch upon the uh, the red card you'd have had a better view than us uh, Alan of, of the red cards what did you see of them um, let's first go with with Ollie Clark's one for me a lot of people are saying it's a little bit soft but uh, Nigel Clough saying it's a little bit soft as well but for me by the letter of the law he was the last man simply had to go yeah, I would agree with that. But as for the second one, I didn't actually see it because I was doing the paperwork with the attendants. I just had the attendants, so on my phone, and I'm writing it down. But Kieran, who does the music when I'm on the pitch, as you know, he said that uh, Quinn lashed out. He actually kicked out, and he saw him do it. And it was either the fourth official or one of the other officials that actually told the ref. It wasn't the ref that saw it. I certainly saw a little bit of a fracas, Clive, um, with, with Quinn involved. After I admit, I didn't see a kick or a punch. I just saw a lot of players coming together and Quinn uh, in the heart of that. But there's no room for that in football. And you'd expect a, a more experienced player of Quinn's standing to, you know, to be better than that, to be more disciplined than that. Yeah, but let's remember, it's his fifth career sending off for real discipline. For violent conduct. That's good research there. Well yeah. done. Yeah. It's, um, I, I have to give credit to Quest for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the guy's got a bit of a short fuse and uh, whatever it was done to provoke his action, it was in discipline on his part. It was unprofessionalism. It's going to cost us his services for three games. Mm. And Clough's quite right to want to take action against him. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly needs to because it does leave us in the lurch, Alan. It's one of those, isn't it, now where, you know, thankfully we've got Ryan Sturk back from his COVID isolation. Harry Charles, this champion at the yeah. bit, is coming as well. But when you've got one, not one but two midfielders, two key midfielders to the way we set up and play, missing for at least a game, I think they'll both be three-game spans, to be honest, it poses a big, big problem because, you know, it, what if then we get another knock or another COVID? It, it poses a big problem. It does, but we've got midfielders waiting in the wings. Same as you say, there's young Ryan Sturk. I spoke to him yesterday when I came in. He said he's fit and healthy now, like he was on the bench. But I think other players will step up and it's their turn to shine. And if they do, you know, it'll be the fault of Ollie Clark and Quinn if they can't actually get back in the team. Yeah, it certainly will. And, you know, it does present, you know, an opportunity for them to, uh, to come in and an opportunity for those players to try and impress. But... You don't expect that from your captain, do you? You need, you need to be better. Both are, you know, both the leaders, Clive, aren't they? Both are, uh, are the type of figure that you look to when you, you know, when you're in a game like that to to be better. Yeah, alongside Perch, these two lads are the ones we're supposed to rely on, and for two of them on the pitch on the same day, within minutes to be sent off, it's ridiculous. Um, the penalty was was right. It was undeniably a penalty. It was undeniably an auto red. Um, and we have to move on. Uh, I didn't see that. What I didn't see the the incident. I only saw the aftermath because, like most people in the ground, I was concentrating on what was happening around the the other sending off. Mm. Um, but uh, these things happen when they're done. They're done. I think Mr. Clough said something like uh, turning over and 
a new page or some such trite comment, we we dispatch it to history and move forward. Well, of course, we've no choice. Yeah, we can only go back and uh, sort it out, can we? Um, I'm sure we'll touch upon uh, Clough's, some of Clough's comments uh, in a little while as well. Uh, the reset button. The reset button. Yeah. Um, Richard says, we were tactically outthought by half-decent uh, Harrogate team. They kept three up front, occupying our full-backs for most of the match. The solution was to play uh, three centre-backs. I hate to say it, uh, but Rawson was the solution, which would have released um, the full-backs. Um, Clive has got it spot on, says Jamie. Uh, poor recruitment in the summer. We put our eggs in one basket with Naylor. We haven't got no pace up front at all, and we are relying on one creative midfielder. We need to press the reset button. It, it's a difficult one um, to, to look at, that isn't it, Clive? With you know, we're trying to press a reset because we can't really do anything about it now. We've got the occasional free agent that we might be able to bring in, but they're going to be unfit. Um, they won't have trained with anybody now for for months since they were released from from the contract. It's a big, big gamble to take, even though there are you know, some, some bigger names, some big names out there. It's a risk. It is a risk, but we're, we are where we are. Um, and, you know, it's not for the lack of trying by the club. I think sometimes as fans, we think it's easy to go and recruit players. I'm sure there are complications that we don't understand, not just about the money either. Um, but where we are is what we've got to work with. And, you know, when all of our teams playing and are fit and aren't suspended, we've got a cracking team mm. and a team that on its day will beat anybody. Trouble is, on its day at the moment, it loses to everybody. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, Alan, isn't it? Because you look at what we have got. We On paper, we've got a, a strong squad. We've got experienced players who should be performing um, better. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those, isn't it, where the more these mistakes creep in, it becomes a habit that becomes harder and harder to kick as the games go on. Yeah, like we said earlier on in the uh, podcast, you know, it, it can get on a losing run or you can go on a winning run. And obviously, at the moment, we're on a losing run. But I do believe that we will come good. When we get James Perch back and he forms a partnership with either Narty or the other chap that's coming in, you know, I think it'll bode well. But we've just got to stick it out at the moment and grind a result out. I was hoping yesterday for an early goal, which we got. And then they got one back and... Like in the second half, I think there was only one team in it. Let's talk about those goals, Clive. Um, very, very cheap yet again. The first one, especially at 11 v 11, from a corner, from a set piece. Ollie Clark not picking his man up. Um, others players static as well. We have to defend those better. We, we just seem unable to defend crosses at the moment, whether they be in play or from fixed play or corners. And it seems to me that's something that only on the training ground can we conquer. Uh, mm. All right, we need better quality players at the moment, which we're struggling for. And uh, we'll see how they develop as they settle in. And settle in they have to do because we're not blessed with a lot of choice at the moment. Yeah, we're not blessed with a lot of choice. And that for me is a worry. I mean, to be honest, I'd be a lot more worried now, actually, if we'd have not brought the two in on deadline day. Performances aside, Alan... We've ticked the two boxes in terms of we needed two centre-backs to come in. Both have got a little bit more experience than, you know, what playing one of the younger, our own younger players yeah. uh, might have. Narty didn't have the best debut, but for me, um, I don't think he should have started. I think um, he'd only been at the club since late on, on Tuesday. They would have had a day off in that as well. So that's only two training sessions it, his, his hands were probably tied, Nigel's hands, to be fair, Craig, because uh, Rawson came off with a bad back. He had a back spasm, didn't he? Mm. And he got a really bad back. And I didn't expect him to play, to be fair. But I thought Naughty 
he progressed into the game. The first challenge that he had within the first couple of minutes, you know, slid in, got the ball. I know it was a bad pass out, but it just showed content, I thought. And I thought he played better as the game went on. Yeah, I, I think he did grow into the game, Clive. He, he did get in there. And I think, you know, over the weeks to come, he will prove a good addition for us. And I think what's really key, what's really key for me is not to get too angry and too annoyed yeah. at the it, at the niggly little bits, which, to be fair, were there because it's a progression. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed, well, more than a bit disappointed at some of the comments I read on social media after the game. Uh, there were Stags fans condemning Narty for, as being completely uh, ill-equipped for the job. I don't know how you can judge that after one game. The guy came in, he's hit the ground cold. He's not been playing regular first-team football for a while. He's clearly got talent. He was a little bit off the pace in the first half. Um, but he, as you say, he grew into the game. And in the second half of the second half, he didn't give me any thought, any, any reason for concern. Mm. I agree with that. It, it's, it's, a, it's a frustrating one because you've got to try and get the partnership right as well, you know. I can think of so many examples down the years of good centre-halves who actually were only made good by the, the people they yeah. were alongside. I think, you know, Ryan Sweeney was perhaps a, a prime example. He had a not a great season for us last year, but the season before when he was playing alongside Pierce quite regularly, yeah. you know, he, he, he was very, very strong and some people play off, you know, each other well. And I think with Narty, it's a gamble. Do you keep him in the game and swap Rawson for, for Hewitt? Do you... Um, take him out completely and, and then knock his confidence? Or do you stick with, with Hewitt and, and, and Narty? Because like everywhere on the pitch, the, having that centre-back partnership is absolutely critical, isn't it? I would I would keep Narty in personally. And if Rawson is fully fit, I would drop Rawson. If Furch isn't fully fit, you know, by next Saturday comes along, which he probably won't be at the time, I would give Rawson a chance to see what he can do. Because he is more commanding than Hewitt, although Hewitt plays the better pass, is the, the more skillful of the two centrals. But Rawson can head the ball, albeit it don't always go where he wants it to. But I would give them a chance. And on the re, on the uh, what you're talking about, the midfielders, it would be nice if he gives Sinclair a go. Yeah, and, and there's something interesting on that, which I'll pick up on uh, later. I'm going to make a little note of it uh, to make up on, uh, to talk about it later, because we had an obvious change of system yesterday. Um, which I actually think Sinclair could thrive in, and with the you know the two absentees, that could be a, a, a key one. But I want to stay on the point of defenders for the moment because, um, as Peter says, uh, Perch looks like being a long-term absentee. If the injuries are a fractured jaw or a school fracture, as I've heard, um, Hawkins and Maris both limping off uh, at full time. Two missing three red cars. Uh, Clough's got a sizable headache uh, for Warsaw. He hasn't. He hasn't. Um, we'll come on to that a little bit more. But let's talk Perch. First and foremost, you saw him yesterday yeah. um, and he's got a new job lined up, hasn't yeah, he? he wanted to take my job, believe it or not, when I spoke to him when he was walking up with Mark Stevenson. We had a bit of a giggle about it, but I asked him how he was and he said he was okay and he looked fine, but obviously with the head, you just don't know and he's got to go through a certain protocol. But it will be nice when we've got him back because he's, he's just a quality, his quality, quality through and through and he's so calm in every situation. Yeah, we really missed him, Clive, didn't we? We are missing yeah. him um, massively, but... I think what might, you know, please fans a little bit or just sort of soften the blow is just for Clough to come out or the club to come out and say, Perch, just change that indefinite time scale to an actual more 
you know, more more of a time. So we know with Forrester, who we've brought in on loan from from Stoke, that he's going to be missing for two weeks. So we're probably going to have him towards the back end of September, early October. With Perch, we don't know. But if we did know, it might give us that little glimmer of hope. Yeah, I find it very disconcerting the way that the club has skirted around some form of recovery time for Perch. I mean, for someone who gets a a knock, head knock, resulting in concussion. It's not normally several weeks unless there are complications. So we've only got, we're left to assume there are some complications. As one of the contributors said, it could be a broken jaw or it could be some form of uh, long, uh, slow healing process. We can't afford not to have him, but we don't have any choice. His health comes first. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, as Peter says, we badly need a leader and a driving force on the field. Uh, something we've not had since Adam Murray. Um, I'd argue probably since Christian Pierce. I thought he was a good leader for us. Um, Ollie Clark as uh, captain. Perhaps not doing captain's duties at the minute. It's perhaps not giving us that extra little bit of fight and leadership we need. And somebody else will have to step up for me captain now because you're missing both him uh, and Stephen Quinn, who seems to be vice-captain at the minute. Stephen McLaughlin, the natural choice for you, Clive, or would you be looking uh, elsewhere in the squad? Because I think I'd be looking elsewhere personally, even though he's had a good start to the season. I don't see McLaughlin being a natural leader, to be honest. Um, But, you know, he he may be and he may surprise me. I'd be happy to be surprised. But uh, going back to Clark, I didn't actually see him being a good captain. And what I look for is someone who's vocal, and he's always chiving his players along. And I didn't get that impression. Now, Alan, you're at pitch level. Uh, you probably see him differently from, from where we are up in block N. Um, what do you think? I just don't I don't think he's hit the ground running yet. Mm. Not like he did last season. Because, I mean, to be fair, when you're winning games like we were last season, you know, we went on that bounce, four on a bounce or five, whatever it was, you know, you, you don't really notice it so much because you're playing, you're winning, and everybody's quite happy. But uh, I don't think he's quite, he's like Lapsley. Lapsley, until I thought he had a better game yesterday mm. than what he did, you know, what what I've seen him before when he's played. I think that goes down to the system as well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree that. But, but you know, somebody once said that every player should be a captain. Yeah. In one way or another. Well, yeah, you should have 11 captains on the Absolutely. pitch, shouldn't you? You should yeah. have 11, 11 leaders. Well, no, and going to, back to the game, I mean, uh, the, the, Halli- uh, Halifax, <laughs> the Harrogate uh, <laughs> team was a team full of captains. They were all going for it and they were all talking to one another and pushing each other along. And the, the, the guy who played number four, he was only about four foot tall, but he ran the show. He usually does Falcon Bridge, is it? Falcon Bridge. Yeah. yeah, he did it on Tuesday, didn't he? He came yeah. on at Tuesday in the cup and even though he was on for 10 minutes, he was dictating everything, even though, you know, he was like two foot. But... I mean, let's be, be clear about the defeat. They are a good side. They're, the yeah. position in the table isn't lying. Mm. Um, they do their homework. They've got a small squad of committed players with enough talent in there to do well at this level. And to beat them, we have to be playing well, and we weren't playing well. And we yeah. haven't played well for a few weeks. So losing 3-1, 2-1, 4-1, whatever it would have been, shouldn't have been a great surprise. Disappointment, but not a great surprise. Who would you look at as captain then, Alan? Give me that and then give me, obviously, <laughs> one thing I just sort of come into my mind, actually, you, know, you were there last season when there were no fans. So you had that, not just the privilege of being able to watch the games, you lucky git, but also, you know, <laughs> something I love about reserve team games and the cup games that like we went to on Tuesday night, you can hear the players a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. And one thing I want from my captain and my goalkeeper, I expect them to be vocal, I expect them to be loud, was Ollie Clark. Not particularly loud. No, I wouldn't say so. 
I wouldn't say any of them. You know, you could hear them all shouting, obviously, because there's no crowd in. But obviously, I would choose Perch, but obviously we can't have Perch. So it's per many one from 11, I think. I mean, you it, obviously saw when Perch was, was captain for a while yeah. when Clark wasn't in and, and, and then Clark when he yeah. was captain. Give me the differences between the two. Just talk me through the, the styles of how they captain and what I, you I, noticed from where you were in an empty stadium. I think for one, it's his uh, experience. It, it, is, it is quite it is quite vocal at times, but the experience that he exhumes on the pitch, you know, his quality, his calmness, his understanding, is just there for all to see. And I think people respect that to a certain degree. How Christian Pierce was, mm. you could hear Pierce at times, but you know, when he was on the ball, you know, everybody in the crowd, chief, chief. You know, it is just one of those characters. I do miss that chant. I mean, both of those <laughs> characters are people that if you were in the opposition, you'd say, yeah. I don't want to mess with them. Yeah. Mm. You need somebody with that physical presence and, and a bit of thuggery in a contained way. Yeah, yeah you do. I, I mean, that's the one thing slightly which pleased me a little bit yesterday. We had a little bit more fight about us and a little bit more in your face, but we need that from a captain. I want my captain to be, to be screaming. I want him to be, you know, at the ref for every decision, almost like a manager on the pitch and... I, I think Who it's would a, you choose them? It's a, it's a tough one because for me, there's not a not a not a, not a lateral. There's not a lot of natural leaders yeah. in there. To take my teeth out. Um, I think because the two, the one leader I'd look at is Stephen Quinn, who is obviously yeah. now suspended for for three yeah. games. James Perch is out injured. Who would be the other one? And honestly, I, I can't see it. Maybe because it's a centre half and a little bit more ex, more experienced than the rest. Um, Hewitt, but again, it's it, that. that I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't Hewitt be too comfortable with that. That, that, that um, presence. Yeah, I, I think if you're going to maybe look at anyone, I think you might have to look at one of the strikers, at, at Danny Johnson or Ollie Hawkins. Possibly, but I also thought of even though it's going back, you know, mm. he is very vocal. What about Bishop? Yeah, I, I mean, know he can't. People hate goalkeepers. People yeah. hate goalkeepers as captains, they they, but I love him. Like the first goal, first person I ever saw was Kevin Pilkington, yeah. and he was a, he was a, a, the epitome of a captain. He is very vocal, Bishop. Yeah. Is. I yeah. think there's more to being a captain than being vocal, and I think position on the field is vital, and that's yeah. why I don't like goalkeeping captains. I would prefer a defender. Actually, I think if, if, you, had yeah. if you think about Peter Schmeichel when he played for Manchester United, he was one of the loudest individuals in the stadium. And he, he kept his defence in line. Mm. That was his job. And going back to our centre pair, the defensive pair, the relationship they have with the goalkeeper is vital. Mm. And that will grow once we get some players that are settled. Yeah. Have uh, you thought about Lapsley as a potential captain? Yeah, but I think there's a possibility there. He's quite, he's quite a vocal player. Um, it's whether he can you know, last the 90. Um, I tell you what, let's get... James Clark in at right back and uh, just put him as captain because Nigel Clough <laughs> seems to rate him. His name's yeah. Clark. Yeah. He captained the, the, in the, uh, the the trophy game, didn't he? And uh, did a, I never heard him job. say anything though. <laughs> well, that's because he spelt he speaks Scouse, doesn't he? So you can't quite understand it. But uh, but there you go. Uh, um, Jim says Macca for captain. Um, Kerry says we saw Perch last night. My son said uh, someone said you broke your jaw. Uh, he said something sim- similar uh, to that. Um, and she also says that Mac would make a good captain. He's uh, dedicated and vocal. Um, and Paul says, great comment. Thanks very much for this. Really enjoying the show, guys. Cannot argue with anything uh, discussed uh, thus far. Um, yeah, Keep your comments coming in. Let us know who you choose uh, as your choice for captain. In a couple of minutes' time, we're going to speak Nigel Clough because I've got a little bit of a gripe with the Stags manager. Maybe you'll find out why in just a second, though, because we are now going to head into the Stags dressing room uh, to hear from the Stags boss, 
after yesterday's 3-1 loss at home to Harrogate Town. Keep your comments coming in. Here's Stag's boss, Nigel Clough. Difficult. Just prior to that, we should have had a penalty. Stephen Quinn went down, literally 20 seconds uh, before that. Then the breakaway down the, the side. and uh, I'm not sure it's a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, Richard Narty's uh, a yard or so behind. I don't think it's uh, clear enough to send him off. Yeah, we're going to have a good look and appeal it. Unlikely, because uh, we know what happens with a lot of these appeals. And it happens with a lot of the decisions that we've seen in the last what four or five games we've had now. It wasn't the referee, it was the assistant. said he'd seen a kick. Uh, so if that's the case, that's inexcusable. And he'll be fined and dealt with accordingly. I don't think it was too bad, actually. We're just conceding very poor goals at very poor times and making poor decisions. To get the start that we did, fantastic. And then within 30 seconds a minute, we concede from a corner, free header. Somebody's not doing the job again. And then George Maris's decision uh, in the 46th minute absolute defies all logic common sense and everything and we're going 2-1 down and we should be at least on level terms uh, balls across the face of the goal just got cut out uh, and I thought their main danger was obviously set plays uh, so you've got to be careful giving them away uh, but we've still got a problem uh, centre half without a doubt uh, and we will have one until James Perch is back on the pitch we talked about they're the sort of team that you don't want to go 1-0 down or behind against we went 2-1 down against them and then you saw them sort of professionally see the game out and make it difficult for us it would have been uh, nice to see it 1-0 if we'd have gone you know 20 minutes half an hour how the game would have developed from then but we can't get ourselves into that position the number of times we've conceded not long after scoring uh, has been far too often this season Uh, That's that Stag boss funny, Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags. You can get more of that on mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow. Uh, make sure you go and check that out for much, much more uh, interviews and uh, comments from the Stags manager, who I'm going to be honest, I've got a little bit of a gripe about, um, to be fair. And I had it on Tuesday a little bit because of his comments straight after full time, which we sort of touched upon midweek, Clive. But yesterday, um, he said that he thought we played well. And he thought Naughty had a good debut. To be fair, we played well in the first three minutes. Yeah, but what about the other 87? <laughs> the 87 plus? Well, they didn't let us play. It's as simple as that. I think Nigel is a glass half full merchant. And, uh, you know, he's always going to look for the positives if he can find any. And it's to his credit, he managed to find something that convinced him we were playing well. <laughs> yeah. It's... I mean, some of the passing in midfield was okay. We're doing mm. what we've, we've been doing well. But it wasn't coming to anything, and we weren't balls were when we when we were, balls were delivered to feet. We weren't holding on to them, which is a horrible Mansfield trait. Second balls we never won, you know. And that by comparison, they were picking everything up. I, th- I think that's all down to them, and you know they look at whoever came to see Mansfield. You know, like on Tuesday night, it could have been as well as seeing them beforehand. They just they were there on us like like little ratting dogs all the time. Kellen Gordon had one run down the wing with the crossing, which nobody could get on the end of, and that's all he could do. Yeah. Everybody was just straight on him all the time. We did not like being pressed at all, we did didn't. we, yesterday? It, it we was, panicked. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the, the thing for me. I mean, we had good spurts, as Paul says. Uh, we did play well attacking. We had good spurts attack-wise, mm. and I think a lot of that, like I mentioned earlier, comes down to the change of system. We've been going with the diamond. We've been saying for, for weeks, Clive, that it, need, it needed to change. We'd have perhaps liked a 4-3-3, but he went instead with a bit more of a defensive 4-2-3-1 with Maris and uh, Clark, before he got sent off, sat in front of the, the, the yeah. back four as the sort of deep-lying playmakers. Then you've got your front three of Oates, Lapsley 
and Quinn, with uh, obviously Hawkins at the top. I would have perhaps liked to have seen Johnson there instead of Hawkins, but I understood why, because of the height, the physicality. It gave us that yeah. other option to, to go long if we needed to, to win that ball in the air. But I hope we sticks with it, Alan, because... I think, you know, we mentioned him earlier, the likes of Tyree Sinclair, who could potentially get game time now, Sturk as well, uh, to come in. I think they will really suit that system. And actually, for the first time, Oates and Lapsley played well together. They've not done yeah. so, so far for me. Well, I'd agree with uh, Oates. I do like the looks of Oates. He can, he's sharp, isn't he? Mm, he's got pace he, to burn. Oh, he, he doesn't look particularly fast, but once he starts, he can shift. He, he moved and, into a uh, better performance yesterday, I yeah. thought. Quietly. It, I right. thought, he took the goal away, but that's apart from that, his contribution was quite good. Yeah, I thought he uh, made a decent difference yesterday, and I would like to see both him and Lapsley. I mean, they might have to now. Lapsley start together, mm. and you've got you know Charles Lee who can come in as well. Yeah. He he can play in that role in front of the back four, Clyde, but he can yeah. also play wide on that right hand side, which then lets Oates go left to fill yeah. the gap void left by uh, by Quinn, or even you know as a, as a second striker and be a little bit more fluid with it. Well, if I'm understanding the the world of diamonds properly, the idea of the diamond is you've got one player who's been a defensive member of that team and another one who's a link player is making making the play in front of the midfield to link the forwards. And Laps is the obvious candidate for that one. I'm not so sure that um, our defensive value out of the diamond was there at all yesterday. Mm. And we were left exposed. And that's why I personally like 4-3-3, because with 4-3-3, you can very quickly get five at the back. And also, you've got that wing play when you need it. And, and we they were playing down the wings again yesterday. We rarely got what we were looking for down there. And certainly the linear football, which we, we ended up doing for most of the game, didn't work. Mm, it didn't. And I, I think... I think that's why I was pleased to see us go with that new system and, and try that. But we went back into the old habits of, of once we sort of, you know, we're pegged back to, to one all and towards the end of the first half, we went back to that diamond a little bit. It, it didn't quite work. I like it when it's structured because I think, honestly think that Tyree Sinclair has got, you know, a big season ahead of him, but he needs that chance, Alan. He needs that opportunity. I, I think agree. if he can play on the left-hand side of a, four, you know, attacking midfield three and a four-two-three-one. He'll absolutely thrive there. He will, and he gets free kicks as well because mm. he's so nippy in his trickery. It, I just, I, I just hope that he plays against Warsaw because he's the ideal candidate. I think for me. he will play against Warsaw. I think we're running short of choices, and I don't want it to sound like he's it's as a result of default that he gets in the team. He, he warrants a place. He played well on Tuesday up at Harrogate for. for much of the time he was on the field. If anything, is a bit greedy occasionally. He doesn't part company with the ball too easily. But that's the guy's confidence, really. And he believes he can score with every free kick as well. Now, this is a, a big, big opportunity for him because, you know, he's not just training this week. He's got to impress. Tomorrow night at the uh, the One Course Stadium, Sunderland under-23s uh, will be in town. Will you be uh, behind the mic for that one, Alan? No. You're not going to be behind the mic no. for that one? No, will, not, will you be in attendance? No, not, not tomorrow night. I've got other things on. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'm afraid. Well, we've but, got a crop uh, defender that can do it for you, haven't we? <laughs> yes, that's it. No, that's it. That's what's happened. <laughs> that's it's, probably his, why. That's, it's his yeah. opportunity tomorrow night. But in all seriousness, though, obviously the under-23s competition, we spoke about it a few weeks ago on the podcast. I'm delighted that we've entered this because yeah. it's almost a similar competition in terms of who's eligible to play for it and the team we put out for it to the Papa John's Trophy. So it's given us that 
competitive reserve action we need. Six games minimum because in this competition you play home and away in your yeah. group stage. Um, Sunderland number 23 is up first. Sinclair, etc. played in the, the, line, the round previously. It's solved for the qualifying round. He'll no doubt play tomorrow night along with um, the likes of you know James Clark um, maybe uh, Nathan Kane and probably George Shelby as what well Law? and Jason Law as well um, big opportunity for those players to, to stake a claim isn't it for you know well, for, Law performed for very well at the end of last season when he was yeah, he's another chance. midfielder isn't he and I think given what we've got now with the problems with missing midfielders there's never been a better chance for him to stake a claim mm. Uh, I think it'll be a, a big opportunity uh, for all of them on uh, uh, tomorrow night because also in that competition, you know, you can have, I think it's three over-aged players. So over three 20, or four? I think it's three, over, three outfield over 23s yeah. and then you can have a goalkeeper who yeah. was born before yeah. a certain date. Yeah. So it's essentially three outfield, one goalkeeper yeah. um, over-age. Shelby will play, no doubt, anyway, in, in goal. I'll say it would give him confidence, hopefully. You after... think they'll put Barry in as an over-age player? Yes, I, I do, and I think he'll probably look at him at centre. I think he'll probably look at him either as an option centre forward, or I think he might might look. And people might say that we're being tongue. I'm being tongue in cheeky when I say it. I'm not. I think he might seriously have a look at the option of him at centre half. Well, we've joked about it, but I mean, it's it's not completely out of the question. The guy's got physicality. He's got height. And he's not getting the game where he'd like to play, so why not? Yeah, the opportunity is there. I mean, do you know what? As, as staffed as this sounds, I can actually see logic in this, Alan. Because what? But what are we missing at the back? Experience. What has Jordan Bowery got? Experience. Yeah. What are we missing at the back? Height. What has Jordan Bowery got? Height. What are we missing at the back? Someone who can read the game. What can strike? What? Who better to stop a centre forward than a centre forward? I would agree to a certain extent, but like obviously. He won't be playing tomorrow. But if worse comes to worst on Saturday, what about putting Hawkins at the side of Narty? Well, Hawkins because can play he there, can, can't he? he has played centre-half yeah. before. And I actually think the whole reason of Jordan Bowery playing centre-back, I actually remember Nigel Clough's post-match after Hall 5, which was um, we had a few missing, didn't we, I think, mm. um, through injury or, or whatever, or COVID or whatever it was at, at the point. They, I think they played injuries. the night before. They had played they? the night before yeah. at Alfton as well, yeah. And... Um, he ended up playing Bowery because Rawson played the night before yeah. at Alfton, then played the next day, played the first half at Hull because yeah. we were there, we watched yeah. it together. And then uh, we were both saying at half time, weren't we, Al, about, oh, he's playing Bowery at centre yeah. back. Yeah. And I can understand why now because he wanted to form that partnership between Hawkins and, yeah. and Johnson. So perhaps if he wants to keep that throughout the season, why would he change his mind in September? Yeah. I think, you know, you've got an option of Bowery. And for me, if I were Bowery, I'd be thinking, do you know what? I'll take it on as a challenge yeah. because if it means I'm playing and means that I'm making a difference and contributing yeah. to the team, yeah. play me. The only thing I worry about with Bowery is a tall lad, but he doesn't jump very well. You know, you get smaller players like Danny Rose, when they jump, they double in height. And when Bowery jumps, he actually reduces in height. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, Hawkins has got a natural airplay, as it were. But uh, I, I think either of them are worthy of a place when we're desperately short of quality people. Yeah, um, let's have a look at what some of the comments are saying. Paul says, we're looking for Hawkins a lot. If that's the plan, then we must play a man off him for his flicks. Uh, so I think we are doing that, which is another reason for my Bowery argument at the back. Um, Peter says, I totally agree with you, Paul. Our front two are miles apart and anyone in the crowd could see if Hawkins did get to the ball first, no one was picking them up. And uh, Richard says that the Bowery idea um, isn't daft. Maybe we'll see, we'll maybe we might tell a lot from tomorrow night's uh, Tomorrow night's game club. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I am. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a different type of football as well. 
Yeah, and uh, without the pressure. Because <laughs> there, there will be no pressure. I mean, you look at the, the likes of people who, who play, we can probably name a, the, the side now. It would be very similar to, to Tuesday at, um, at Harrogate in, in the Cup. Shelby will play in goal, undoubtedly. Um, I, I think he, because he's second choice, it's an opportunity for him to get minutes in the competition he's allowed to. James Clark will play centre-back. Then it will be probably George Cooper, the young lad who is coming back from injury um, in there. And then it will be an issue of, have we got a, another younger player who we can play in there? Or will he play Keaton Ward there again? He's another name who could come into the midfield, actually, um, and he, he have an opportunity. Uh, he didn't, and then Ryan Burke. He didn't do himself too many favours on Tuesday, to be fair. I felt very sorry for him on Tuesday. He was a bit out of his depth, I thought. He was way out of position mm. playing at centre-half. But if he's, you know, if he's if he's put his hand up and said, I'll play there, then, then fair enough. But, but I thought James Clark conducted himself well mm. um i was pleased with that because he, you know he, he works hard he's he's a, he's a what i call a natural player but yeah, he needs he a is. chance he needs a chance and, and and if he can't get his chance in league two then he's got to ask himself questions about his career path and i think this is exactly why i'm so pleased that this competition's there al because it's given them that opportunity nigel clough will undoubtedly be watching uh, very very closely and if they perform well especially given the situation we're in at the minute with two suspensions and defensive frailties left, right and centre, um, it's a big opportunity for them. Well, that's it. They've got to take it with open arms, haven't they? Because, uh, you know, they probably won't get a chance any other way until there's like another under-23s match or there's a massive injuries or for whatever reason. But, you know, as soon as you get the chance, you've got to take it and take it well. Uh, Roy says, that's an interesting point. Why all the negative comments about our keeper? He ought to be um, our captain. We, I don't think we've made any um, negative comments about him. So obviously referring to more um, in the in the crowd. I quite like him, Flav. I think he's a very good young keeper. I've want, I wanted a more experienced keeper, if I'm being honest, in, in the summer. And I'm still disappointed we've not signed somebody permanent. Marek Steck has not been involved in the matchday squad for the last two games either. It's been Owen Mason who's in there. So who knows what's happening there. But very good shot stopper. And yesterday was fantastic with a, a good couple of saves. I would... I'm not being critical, but I would like to see him come out and, and claim a few more set pieces and, and crosses. Um, he's very vocal from from what I've heard of him, but a very good, competent shot stopper and rescued us on a number of occasions. I'm so disappointed for him that he's not managed to get a clean sheet yet. He did do well. He was let down by his defence. Uh, where I think he's got key strength is he's, he, he, he gets crosses better than our previous um, keepers were able to do. They always seem a bit whittled by them. Um, his distribution is excellent as well. In fact, he's he's let down then by the players on the field who haven't made that bit of space he's looking for to distribute the ball. You can tell that's what he wants to do. Um, so I'm, I think he's a great player, and I don't think we'll hang on to him by any way, shape, or means at the end of the season. I think he's he's got places to go. As our resident goalkeeping expert, Alan, you've uh, played between the sticks a few times at Walking Football. Um, Alan the Cat Wilson, as uh, you're affectionately known. Um, what do you make of him? Alan the Pussy. <laughs> I, think, I think he's very well. I don't think we've had anybody who can come out and claim a cross since Alan Marriott, to be mm, fair. Yeah. He was the last man because Conrad Logan stood on his line and there's one or two others. Marriott Steck hasn't really been out and claimed it. Yeah, they're all good shot stoppers in their own right. Yeah, yeah. But I just like Bishop. It, I think he uses quality, when his, his whole aura 
his experience, obviously, with Manchester United. And yesterday, with him getting man of the match, I think it just served its purpose. Yeah, we're not going to do a man of the match vote on today's show because I think it would very, I think we'd all agree that it'd yeah. be Bishop that took it. So it'd be a pointless uh, discussion. But um, Paul says, just want to add, sat behind Bishop in the second half, couple of fantastic saves. That's what you want your, your goalkeeper there um, to rely on. We just got to form that defence now because when you actually look on paper, it'd be interesting to actually go into. So go into um, we're outside. Something like that was bound to happen. Um, it, it'd be interesting to actually go into how much and how often um, that defence and that back four has changed because there's never for me there's not really been a consistent centre half pairing because it started off with Rawson uh, and Perch. It's been Rawson and Hewitt. It's been Hewitt and yeah. Naughty. You've got to have that consistent there, Al. Yeah, and that's that was one of my reasons, what I was saying in the break when you were listening to what Nigel Clough was saying. I was saying to Clive, if we put Richard Bishop as captain, would he create the confidence in his back four, you know, whoever he's got in front of him, you know, and make that a solid back five, as it were, you know, so we can progress up the field? A lot likely to get sent off as well. A lot less likely <laughs> less to get likely, sent yes. off, yeah. yeah possibly. Which is uh, which is definitely what you want. Which is uh... I don't as a principal, I don't like goalkeepers as captains, but I have not a problem with him being our captain under the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, the circumstances. Yeah, as a as a short term interim thing. You know, Alan Marriott was captain on a few occasions. Yeah. He was always a good captain. I mentioned Kevin Pilkerson before. I'll always uh, he'll always be a cult hero of mine. But um, yeah, I, I, again, if it helps build those bridges and build those relationships and makes us tighter and maybe you know even earns an actual clean sheet then that'd be uh, that'd be fantastic because we need that as much as picking up wins and getting some goals Clive we need that for confidence we've got to get that in the camp yes I mean going back to the, the keeper he did make some really good saves but that's also a criticism of the defence because he was required to in the first couple of games when we the games we won at home he hardly had a save to yeah. make yeah. because we were better at what we were doing in front of him and the goals that were scored, he could do nothing about that. The team could do nothing about that. One was a penalty in, in the 184th minute and the other one was just one of those goals that happens occasionally. So I think, uh, you know, if we can get this, and we'll, I'm boring everybody to death now, but if we can get our our defence right, and when we say defence, we mean the middle of the defence right, I think most other things will fall into place. But it's it's obvious now that every every part of the team is worried about that weakness. Yeah, and you know, it, you know, other teams are starting to pick up on on those errors and, and capitalise on it as well. Yeah, so. well, they'll just see the results, won't they? And you know, they realise, you know, like uh, one of the gentlemen said, I think it was Roy, who said on the comments, you know, we've lost three games, but with three goals in each game, and people will recognise that. But you know, as we said about the captains, I think it was Clive that mentioned George Lapsley. Whoever takes the armband because they've got it for the next three games, I would have thought, you know, until Clark comes back, if he comes back. If they make a good job of it and we keep three clean sheets and we have three good games, who knows? It could keep the armband. Who would you put in then? You've obviously got Clark and Quinn both missing. Who would you put in? Who, who would be your two go-to? I would put Johnson and Sinclair in. Any re- particular reasons for, well, for the Sinclair, because I just like the youth, I think is. I think he's quality. I really do. And he'll go at the defences. And whenever I've seen him play, he's done reasonably well. You know, like Klaus said, he can take a free kick. There's his endless talents to his ability. And Johnson, he'll be chomping at the bit now after being uh, substituted. So are you going 4-3-3 with that then? Yes, I would. Yeah. 
I'd go with that. And you'd go with the same two? But I'd really... They don't sell any ice cream paint making that. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Somebody but, agrees. But I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see a little bit of adventure with regards to bringing non-defenders into defensive positions. I think, you know, going back to pure football, you play where you're asked to, don't you? Yeah. And uh, and I think these, these players are seasoned. They've, they've had experience. They should be able to play anywhere on the park. And I bet in training matches they do. Yeah, they'll mix it up and they'll mix. They'll certainly mix it up and, uh, you know, try a few different things out. But that's, that's for sure. So, so would you like to come in, Craig? Um, I would personally like to see us. I agree that I'd like to see a four three at some point, but I think I'd like to see us stick with this four two um, three yeah. one at the minute, um, just to help us keep a clean sheet. Because I think four three three keeps us a bit exposed, but also with the with playing the four two, it allows Kel Gordon and Stephen McLaughlin to push. It a does, lot but to I mean, push yeah. up and someone else to come and those two that are deep line to come and sit in and, and make that a back three and, and, and it does but it was clear um, that Harrogate knew their way around that and they marked Maris out the game yeah yeah, and that did. destroyed that format but you see I, I would also be looking at taking Maris out because Maris made another mistake um, which we've oh, not was we've responsible not, for a goal we've not talked about and it's been brushed under the carpet a little bit Clough mentioned it um, and I'm glad he did um, I'm not putting putting him on you know the chopping block or whatever. I'm just highlighting the fact that he, that decision making in that position, you need to be a little bit more cleverer there. You need to be switched on. Should have just put that ball out of play. Should, that should have just gone into into Bishop Street rather than trying to to play it at that point. But going back to to answer your question about who who would I put in, um, there'd be three changes for me, and obviously Maris is, is the other one. So the two suspensions, I'd stick with the, the four. I'd go with the same back four. I think you've got to stick with Nart. You've got to build his confidence up and you've got to allow that pairing um to gel yeah. um you know you've also got the option at some point of later on in the game bringing Rawson on and going to a back three um with with three center backs and because then Hewitt can push a little bit wider um that allows McLaughlin and um Gordon to push on and to to bomb up the wings which I think especially down the left hand side we're going to rely on McLaughlin doing a lot more yeah. because Quinn's not there so it would be the same back four um, I would bring Charles Lee in um, for Ollie Clark and sit him in front of the back foot. I would also bring uh, Sturk in for Maris to sit him there uh, as well. Um, and nice to see a little bit of a partnership between those two because I think they'd read the game very well and play off each other very well. And then obviously on that left-hand side with Quinn's absence, it has to be Sinclair because he's mm. got the he's got the quick trickery, he's got the quick feet, he's got the... Um, the um, potential to win us free kicks because he's clever and he's quick. But also... Nigel, this is to you. He has a long throw and we have X amount of people over six foot in the team. So let's think about that. Let's use it. Um, and that's a weapon to, to be used. And Hewitt's got it in him yeah. um, as well. And I think when we've got strikers in the team like Hawkins, um, etc., um, I'd look at that. And, so you're uh, talking about Stoke for Maris. Yeah. Sinclair for Quinn. Yeah. Who for Clark? Uh, Charles Lee. Charles Clark. Yeah. yeah. I'd be, yeah. Looking at, be looking at Charles Lee. If he's fit. Yeah, if he's fit. And I think, again, that will depend on whether he gets some minutes, which I presume he will do tomorrow in the yeah. under-23s um, game. Um, I think, uh, failing that, it'd be it'd have to be a, a system change and um, you'd, you'd have to have a look at maybe bringing Johnson back in and dropping Lapsley a little bit deeper. But when Lapsley's played deeper, he doesn't do it for me. He's, a, he's, no. an, attacking, he's an attacking player. So I wouldn't want to risk leaving more gaps in the team. I'd, I'd look at them because I think Charles has got a bit of experience behind him yeah. now as well. And we need 
um, someone who can put a tackle in. But He's someone, another one that'll be jumping at the and, bit. Yeah, and also as well, he well, like I was saying about um, Gordon getting forward from right back, he also gives us that option to go and play um, wide and to then sit into two banks of four yeah. to close off that midfield, uh, to play on that right-hand side and to push a little bit further forward and have that creative licence. Another thing we could do as well is play is sit Hewitt in that midfield role, bring Rawson back in um, and, and block it off block it off that way. I think there's a lot more options than perhaps we're giving credit for, Clive. Yeah, I think you've touched on something there as well because um, Hewitt, I, I like the lad. I think he's a fairly svelte player. Absolutely. Carry on. <laughs> he agrees. He does. <laughs> but I don't think he's tough enough. I think he, he hasn't got the brute in him. And I think you've got to have that in the position we've been playing in. Yeah. Earlier in the season, in fact, it was one of the pre-season games, he played uh, a, a, a wide-back position. Yeah, he played right-back, didn't he? He did, he played well. Cov, Cov, yeah, and he played... Coventry. Was it one of the league games he played at right-back as well when Gordon was injured? Yeah, but... Yeah, he didn't have a... You see, no, that yeah. was the one where he didn't play very well at all. I think, you know, the, the guy's got something in him and he, 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 he was a... Um, he was always in the team for Scunthorpe, I know, uh, for Grimsby, rather. I know what happened to them, but... He going back to pairings, he and Meniezi played together nearly all the season at Grimsby. Mm. Ship an awful lot of goals through the centre of their defence. Now, maybe just because they were regularly playing together, and that's possibly what we're coming back to again. While we've got the problems with with suspensions and injuries, we're having to make do. Once we've got past that stage, we need an ideal pairing, and we hopefully we'll find that in the next month. Yeah. But Nigel says there's plenty of free agents out there. And he must have a long list. Yeah, well. And I reckon sooner or later they'll be ringing me. Maybe they're on that bike <laughs> pressing that bell. Maybe maybe they, they're pipping that hooter to try and uh, get Nigel Clough's attention. <laughs> All right, Mrs Slocum, calm down. Um, it's definitely uh, an interesting proposition. Do you think Clough might look to dip into that um, free agent uh, market, Al? Or do you think he'll be happy to, to, to stick with what he's got? I think if one comes available that's suitable... He'll uh, go for it, you know, because he must have no end of contact. Because he did last you know. year, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it was it Jake Wright who came yeah. in and played, only played um, one or two games for yeah. us, but he gave us that extra bit of experience on the training ground as much as anything else. Yeah, I mean, we've had quite a few training, haven't we? You know, supposedly, yeah. you know, these players. But I think if needs be, he will get there. But I wouldn't agree with, I would disagree with you about Maris. He made one mistake Saturday, and I don't think it it was his fault, obviously, with the goal. But, you know, with them two people actually getting on him at all the time, I think he will get a bit more freedom sometimes. And he's the one man that makes Mansfield tick, mm. in can, my opinion. It can certainly create for us. He's, he's still learning a new role as well. I think and his that's... heading ability is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, He can head a ball out of defence. I just think we've got this opportunity to make the changes and, yeah. and, and try... Something different because it's clear, Clive, that something is needed that's different. Yeah, we've 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 become a bit predictable, mm. and uh, it's not taking an awful lot of uh, of skill from the opposing opposing team now to suss us out. A few people in the comments are asking about uh, Many Essay and Corey O'Keefe. Corey O'Keefe absolutely smashing it for Rochdale. We seem to be saying it every week. Um, an interesting one with him. It's not necessarily the fullback position that's an, an issue um, for me. Um, it was the centre back thing and I think give it time it will heal but it's how much you prepare to give it and how much how far you prepare to drop and lose momentum but um you know we can't do anything about that until January anyway many essays out on season long loan at Warsaw we can only um you know recall him back 
um, in January if we wanted to. He won't play Saturday, was, of course. That, that was my next question. He can can't, he play Saturday? Yeah, he no, can't play no. Saturday. So that's a, a dent in the side for them because I believe he's been performing relatively all right for them mm. um, as well. But they're I out of the building for a reason. Uh, they weren't fancy. Mm. Simple as. And some of that's down to uh, an, an interpretation of what they what the management think they're good at or not good at. Sometimes it's just chemistry. They don't get on. They don't like each other for whatever reason. And I think, you know, when Clough, when he's crossed, he's pretty obdurate. I think he's the sort of person that will say he's not playing for us again. And and I, I fear that, uh, you know, he wasn't very happy with Maris. <laughs> yeah. Another one of those, and he might find himself on gardening leave. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. Maybe if he, he offers to take Bobby Dog for a uh, for a walk, he... Uh... He might be, uh, it might be all right. He might redeem himself. I think if you like the dog, that's clearly the issue with O'Keefe and mayonnaise, isn't it? Neither of them like the dog. Mayonnaise. <laughs> so neither of them like the dog. Uh, it's that come to that time of the show. Usually we would uh, be uh, asking you for your man of the match votes. We're not going to do that today. I think it's fairly obvious that it would be Nathan Bishop. Um, obviously, Warsaw away next Saturday. If you want to travel away with the uh, Stag Supporters Association, it's £10 for all SSA members, £15 for non-members. Departure is 11am at the One Course Stadium. Uh, call 07967 689597 to book your seats or the details tells you need uh, are on the screen for you now um, and if you go you'll meet Mr Wilson I'm sure uh, yes I should be on the couch yeah I always look forward to a good SSA away trip and I'm sure you'll be uh, happy to exchange a few words oh, uh, with, with people rather than not substitute a, a few words for uh, for them as well we're never going to let that, forget one, that, that one, it's, one, it's an absolute classic mate it's an absolute <laughs> classic what we will ask you for though um, is uh, we always end the show on this is um, some lessons to take away we always because it is the Sunday sermon of course we always try and learn something um, from our Saturday so we'll be asking uh, for a lesson um, from uh, uh, from you um, so Clive what would you say uh, is this week's lesson for you to take away learn to deal with crosses <laughs> because we're getting far too exposed and giving I know we were down to balls. nine but the smallest man on the pitch scored with a header in third goal he's two foot five yeah so absolutely Alan what's your lesson going to be to take away from this three words winning breeds confidence Saying them faster than I can write them down as well. Winning Very breeds, profound, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Winning breeds confidence. It yeah. sure does. What would my lesson be? Mm. Mm. Pick a captain who isn't going to get sent off now. Um, maybe, I don't know. Is, Don't is, broadcast in the garden. No, why? <laughs> other than, other than <laughs> Mr. Hooter, it's, it's been quite a jolly show, hasn't it? <laughs> We've had a nice cup of tea. We've had a nice laugh out in the garden. The dog's enjoying himself over there. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's having a right laugh. I mean, I could... I, see, I'll tell you what. I'm going to introduce the viewers to Harry Dog whilst I have a think of that. I'm going to, I'm going to show our viewers uh, Harry the dog. Let's uh, have a little look at him. Playing around on the he's garden. He's got stage fright. He has got stage fright. He's, he's pretty <laughs> well, I didn't corner right. now, yeah, let's, uh, I've uh, tightened this too much. There you go. Where is he? He's over there. Harry! There he is. Look, enjoying life. He's loving life. He's looking there. for sheep. Yeah. Harry! There he goes. Absolutely loving life. Obviously, that doesn't make a podcast for this. So I'm going to turn the, the camera back to you guys. Um, have I thought of my lesson yet? Uh, absolutely not. Do you know what? I'm going to steal Jim's one. Jim's, Jim's nailed it in the uh, in the comments. He says, do the ba- he said, do the basics well. I'll have yeah. that. I'll have that one. Do the Good basics well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my thanks to Alan and to Clive. Obviously, uh, under-23s at the One Course Stadium um, tomorrow night. Uh, Clive, you still still going to go? Still going to give it a... Uh, yeah, I'll be there. Still going to give it a shot? Take my boots as well. Yeah, you never know. You might, raised, but... you might get a game. Uh, <laughs> Warsaw away on uh, Saturday as well. Alan, you're going to be making yes, a trip? I've yeah, I've got my ticket, yeah. Got your ticket. I should be on, on the SSA coach at 11 o'clock. Because regardless of uh, the way we performed at home on Saturday, we all want to follow the journey. My thanks very much uh, to you two. I'm sure I'll see you again at some point later on the season. Do you want us to get you like a framed A4 script to say substitution <laughs> and not exchanged? Or... No, thank you. I mean, if, I think you should start coming up with more of those to be honest what just to keep the crowd happy yeah I mean it, it, it created a bigger talking point than oh, the sending yeah. off so, so you never uh, know. I'll, I'll try my best I'm sure as always you will my thanks to Alan Wilson and to Clive Parkin my thanks uh, to you guys at home um, as well for joining us today on the show for the fans by the fans lessons always have to be learned when you're a Mansfield Town fan deal with your crosses winning breeds confidence do the basics well and if you're going to get sent off and you're going to have a little dig at a player, maybe don't do it right in front of the linesman and the fourth official. Be smarter, kids. Be smarter. See you again later in the week. Possibly there'll be no Sunday sermon next week because this time next week I'll be in a comedy club in London. I won't be on stage though. Disappointing. I probably should be. Uh, but we will potentially see you later on uh, in the week. For now though, my thanks to you for getting involved in the comments, for liking, for sharing. Keep an eye on our social medias and mtfcmatters.co.uk. Till next time, this is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because even when we get battered 3-1 at home and get two players sent off and are really, really annoyed, Mansfield always matters. Good night. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.